day I opened my store, she marched in with a spate of dire forecasts. The economy was down, she told me. People were hanging on to their money. I'd be lucky to stay afloat for six weeks. As you might have guessed, Margaret and I have a complicated relationship. Don't get me wrong, I love my sister. After I was initially diagnosed with brain cancer, she was wonderful. It was when I went through the second bout of cancer that Margaret's attitude changed. She acted as if I wanted to be sick, as if I was so hungry for attention that I'd brought this horror on myself. When I took my first struggling steps toward independence, I'd hoped she'd support my efforts. Instead, all I got was discouragement. But over time, that changed, and eventually, all my hard work won her over. Margaret, to put it mildly, isn't the warm, spontaneous type. I didn't understand how much she cared about me until I had a third cancer scare just a few months after I opened a good yarn. Scare doesn't come close to describing my feelings when Dr. Wilson ordered those frightening, familiar tests. The truth is, I don't think I could have endured the struggle yet again. I'd already decided that if the cancer had returned, I would refuse treatment. I didn't want to die, but once you've lived with the threat of death, it loses its potency. Thankfully, the tests came back negative, and I'm thriving, right along with my yarn store. I mention it now because it was during those weeks that I discovered how deeply my sister loves me. In the last 17 years, I've only seen her cry twice, when Dad died and when Dr. Wilson gave me a clean bill of health. Once I returned to work full-time, Margaret bullied and cajoled me into contacting Brad Getz again. Brad, who drives the UPS truck that makes deliveries to a good yarn, is the man I'd started seeing last year. He's divorced and has custody of his eight-year-old son, Cody. It would be an understatement to say Brad is good-looking. The fact is, he's drop-dead gorgeous. He asked me out three times before I finally agreed to meet him for drinks, I would never have found the courage to say yes if not for Margaret, who harassed me into it. I always say that a good yarn is my affirmation of life, but according to my sister, I was afraid of life. Afraid to really live, to venture outside the tiny, comfortable world I'd created inside my yarn store. She was right, and I knew it, but still I resisted. But Margaret wouldn't listen to a single excuse. And soon, Brad and I were having drinks together, followed by dinners, picnics with Cody, and ball games. I've come to love Brad's son as much as I do my two nieces, Julia and Haley. These days, Brad and I see quite a bit of each other. During my cancer scare, I'd pushed him away, but Brad forgave me, and we resumed our relationship. We're cautious. Okay, I'm the one who's taking things slow, but Brad's fine with that. He was burned once when his ex-wife walked out, claiming she needed to find herself. So far, everything is going well. Brad and Cody are so much a part of my life now that I couldn't imagine being without them. Although it took her a while, Margaret is finally in favor of my yarn store. She's actually working with me now. That's right, the two of us side by side, and that's nothing short of a miracle. Before I get too carried away... I want to tell you about my shop. The minute I laid eyes on this place, I saw its potential. 
I was ready to sign the lease before I'd even walked inside. I loved the large display windows which look out onto the street. Whiskers, my cat, sleeps there most days, curled up among the skeins and balls of yarn. The flower boxes immediately reminded me of my father's first bicycle shop, and it was almost as if my dad was giving my venture his nod of approval. The colorful but dusty striped awning sealed the deal. I knew this old-fashioned little shop could become the welcoming place I'd envisioned, and it has. The renovation on Blossom Street is almost complete. The bank building has been transformed into ultra-expensive condos, and the video store next to it is now a French-style café, cleverly called the French Café. Alex Townsend, who took my very first beginner's knitting class, worked at the old video store, and it's somehow fitting that her first real job as a pastry chef is in exactly the same location. The bell above my door chimed as Margaret stepped in. It was the first Tuesday morning in June and a lovely day. Summer would be arriving any time now in the Pacific Northwest. Good morning, I greeted her, turning from the small coffee maker I keep in the back room that's officially my office. She didn't answer me right away, and when she did, it was a grumble. Knowing my sister and her moods, I decided to bide my time. If she'd had an argument with one of her daughters or with her husband, she'd tell me eventually. I've got a pot of coffee on, I announced as Margaret walked into the back room and locked up her purse. Without commenting, my sister pulled a freshly washed cup from the tray and reached for the pot. The drip continued, sizzling against the hot plate, but she didn't appear to notice. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer. What's wrong with you? I demanded. I have to admit I felt impatient. Lately, she's brought her surly moods to work a little too often. Margaret managed a tentative smile. Nothing, sorry. It's just that this feels a whole lot like a Monday. Because the shop is closed on Mondays, Tuesday is our first workday of the week. My sister is a striking woman, with wide shoulders and thick dark hair. She's tall and lean, but solid. She still looks like the athlete she used to be. I'm going to post a new class, I said, hoping to draw her out of her dour mood. In what? I'm going to offer a class on knitting socks. Because Tuesday seemed to be my slowest business day, it made sense to hold the sessions then. With the inventive new sock yarns on the market, socks were the current knitting rage. Some of the new yarns were designed to create an intricate pattern when knitted. Margaret would rather crochet, and while she can knit, she doesn't often. There seems to be a lot of interest in socks lately, doesn't there? I regarded my sister closely. She always had a list of three or four reasons any idea of mine wouldn't work. It had become practically a game with us. I'd make a suggestion, and she'd instantly tell me why it was bound to fail. I missed having the opportunity to state my case. So... You think a sock class would appeal to our customers? I couldn't help asking. Good grief, there had to be something drastically wrong with Margaret. Margaret nodded in answer to my question. I think a sock class would definitely attract knitters. I stared at my sister and, for an instant, thought I saw the sheen of tears in her eyes. Are you feeling okay? Stop asking me that, she snapped. I sighed with relief. The old Margaret was back. Would you make a sign for the window? Margaret had much more artistic ability than I did. 
I'd come to rely on her for the window notices and displays. I'll have one up before noon. Great. I walked over to the front door, unlocked it, and flipped the close sign to open. Whiskers glanced up from his perch in the front window, where he lazed in the morning sun. Red Martha Washington geraniums bloomed in the window box. The soil looked parched, so I filled the watering can and carried it outside. From the corner of my eye, I saw a flash of brown as a truck turned the corner. A familiar happiness stole over me. Brad. Sure enough, he angled the big truck into the parking spot in front of Fanny's Floral, the shop next to mine. He hopped out, all the while smiling at me. It's a beautiful morning, I said, reveling in his smile. This man smiles with his whole heart, his whole being, and he has the most intense blue eyes. Have you got a yarn delivery? I'm the only delivery I have for you today, but I've got a couple of minutes if there's coffee on. There is. It was our ritual. Brad stopped at the shop twice a week, with or without a load of yarn, more often if he could manage it. He never stayed long. He filled his travel coffee mug, took the opportunity to steal a kiss, and then returned to his deliveries. As always, I followed him into the back room, pretending to be surprised when he eased me into his embrace. As his mouth moved over mine, I could feel the electricity through every inch of my body. Then he released me and picked up the coffee pot. He was frowning when he turned around. Is there a problem between Margaret and Matt? What makes you ask? Your sister, he said in hushed tones. She isn't herself lately. Haven't you noticed? I nodded. Something's definitely up with her. Do you want me to ask her?